Hi there, I'm Michael Clark, and he's Mike Pereira. Together, we're the hosts of Mid-Credit Scene, a podcast about movies. And this is a Mid-Credit Minute, a kind of bonus mini-episode where we talk about big, important things like snacks, double features, and more. In this episode, our most recent guest, communicator Anna Beard, weighs in. Anna. Yes. If you had the chance to program a double feature at one of our local independent theaters, Princess of the Apollo, what two films would you choose and why? Yeah, this one was easy. Uh, feature, feature one, The Secret Garden, 1993 version, is my favorite movie of all time. I think it is perfect. Cinematically, it is perfect. Script writing largely echoes the book, but with like heavy influences of, of the 90s. The fashion, so good. The, the visuals, so good. Uh, so that The would... only movie in which Maggie Smith eats a chicken leg on screen? Yeah, 100%. I watch it every year for my birthday. Uh, Mike has been uh, exposed to that for the last couple of years. Sorry, not sorry. Um, and then feature two, so on the other side of that, is The Secret World of Arietti, which is a Ghibli film. Um, also very much about gardens, very much about all of the, the good things and magic. Uh, it's based off of the borrowers. Um, and I think it is uh, the cottagecore aesthetic that I would like to have in my life, but um, that I am too lazy to actually make happen because I'm A, not that handy, B, really love plants, but like I stop watering them because I get lazy and C, have really high hopes of like baking my own bread and sewing some clothes and learning how to knit and use a sewing machine. Um, but I just refuse to then explore those hobbies further than saying, I really wish I could do this. So I love that. Those, those would be my two films. I, I love that. That's a, I think that's a great double feature. Like, I mean, those films kind of go well together, but they're also really different films, Very different. right? Um, that, that was a movie that uh, my grandparents had a VCR that I think we gave them so that the grandkids would have something to do when we were at the grandparents' house. And they had uh, four movies on VHS. They had The Secret Garden. They had Dumb and Dumber. They had Titanic and they had uh, Beetlejuice. Now the first three were like purchased probably at Byway. Uh, and the last one was recorded off of CTV. Uh, and so uh, I have seen those four movies probably more than any other films I will ever see because they were the only things that we would do when we went to my grandparents practically every other weekend while I was growing up. I feel like that's a really good cross section of films. Yeah. Like those yeah. are really those four films at least they're very different. Yeah, and I don't understand <laughs> I don't know who bought the three that they bought and I don't know why they bought them because uh like Dumb and Dumber doesn't fit in with the none of them fit in with the other ones and none of them are except for maybe Secret Garden are a kids movie. So why? Why did you think these would be the films that would entertain children? Uh, you know, the Titanic has uh, a scene of fairly prominent nudity that always necessitated my mom running into, like, if she knew we were watching it, she would either only make us watch the first tape, because that was a two-tape set, 
Uh, I was only ever interested in watching the second tape because that was the interesting one to me. The first one was this boring love story with Victor from Young and the Restless in it. The second one was the one where the guy falls off the top of the boat and hits the propeller on the way down. And that was more interesting to me. Um, but my sisters, when it inevitably came time for them to choose, would watch The Secret Garden. So I have watched that movie many, many, many times. I think my favorite thing about like that film is how many, similar to Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility, is just like how many times different adaptations of the film have been done and how if you look at them all across the board, they're all so incredibly different. Like there's a silent film, which nobody has ever seen of The Secret Garden because, you know, it, it largely kind of just disappeared into the ether and nobody... People know it was made, but no one has ever seen it because nobody has a copy of it. And then there was a, a version made in the 40s. There's the ninth, the version that I really like. Um, there's a, the 2020, the 2020 version, um, which has what is what's cool about the 2020 version is uh, Colin Firth reprises uh, not the same role, but he goes from being the son in a previous iteration to the father in the most recent version, which is kind of like, as an actor, I imagine that that's like a really cool experience to have. So yeah, I could go on and on and on and on and on about it because it's my favorite, but it that, that would definitely be like my my double feature stamp. Arietti and The Secret Garden. I love it. I think they pair well together. And, and I think there's something great about, you know, those, those, stories that get retold over time right you know one of my one of my favorite weird factoids was like somebody did an analysis and this isn't a film thing it's a painting thing but somebody did an analysis of paintings of the last supper throughout history but the analysis was really specific to the size of the dinner plates and the way that we look at portions of meals throughout history and they were like yeah like you know it turns out like how we think of what a full plate of dinner looks like 200 years ago or 300 years ago or 400 years ago versus now is very different because we were able to analyze the size of the plates in these different paintings in proportion to the people and i was like so it's, it's this idea of like you know that you tell the same story in different eras and it says something about the moment while also being a bit of a timelessness right like there's like some of the themes are timeless, but they also speak to the moment they were made and what yeah. the priorities were at the moment. And so I love that opportunity. Right. And, you know, we've talked about this, I think a bit before, but like, you know, when they do things with Shakespeare things, like I love like, you know, things like forbidden planet, which is like a, you know, a retelling of the tempest in the, in the sixties where they're like making like, you know, sort of space exploration is a thing. And, you know, or like uh, resetting uh, Taming of the Shrew into high school in a high school movie with 10 Things I Hate About You, right? And they, 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 yeah. these sort of timeless stories that get retold that say something about their time is really neat. So I love I love the idea of like the Secret Garden as a as one of those things. I think I, I think a lot of the adaptations of the Secret Garden um, hem towards making it a historical drama. I would be really interested in seeing like a futurist version of secret garden mm. where we're like, you know, I, I think that it would lo loans itself very easily to the idea of um, finding a, uh, a, like an 
almost a, like a, that one Ghibli film where there's like the untouched um, uh, nature preserved underground. Um, but you could do like a you know a dystopian future sort of setting where 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 there is this kind of preservation of a garden uh, under an estate um, sort of thing. I think that'd be a, a fun uh, version of it. But that's the best stories can be adapted in multiple ways while maintaining the core of the story. Yeah, like even even the twenty twenty version is so magic heavy and and very like even the, the cinematography of it is is very fantastical the colors are very saturated it's very bright everything is extra glimmery it is just such contrast to the 1993 version that i love that is very very dark it's heavy it feels mm -hmm. heavy when you're watching it um the the angles that it's shot at and the way that it's lit is just very sad um and when you do the comparison to the book the book is not overly magical um the the book is very sad her entire family dies in the first chapter <laughs> uh so like having having that be the tone for the whole thing is really important until you start to see the character development and then mm. the light increases the you know her clothing changes the fashion and the saturation really kind of are our storytelling guides in that film which is perfect it's one of the reasons why in my opinion it is a perfect film i love that kind of subtlety right those changes that like you could not notice but you feel Mm -hmm. And it, it happens in Arietti too. So when when you start off and you meet Arietti, she's very timid and she's she's learning. She's never gone out to do a borrowing exhibition before. And then her dad gets hurt, and then she has to be brave. And she eventually befriends a human, and she breaks all of these taboo lines. So like, not only are both of these films about like gardens and nature and, and like really, really just generally beautiful environments. But they're also both about young women who are finding their own identity and becoming their own people and finding, you know, confidence and exploring different emotions. It's just, it, they, they just map really kind of nicely together. Don't miss the full interview with Anna on Midtown Radio and wherever you your podcasts.